to Profiting on Principles. I'm Dr. Joni Carley from LeaderfulEdge.com, and we specialize in progressive leadership and organizational development. Let's get started. I want to talk today about my time with, in the Amazon with the Schwa tribe. The Schwa are headhunters. They're very fierce. They mostly use animal heads these days. They don't officially hunt any human heads anymore. But uh, headhunting is a big part of their ancestral culture. And they're very fierce warriors. When Ecuador goes to war, they go into the jungle and they get these warriors. And these guys, even though they live very peaceful and very happy lives, very fun family lives, they're laughing a lot, they spend a lot of time with their kids, um, they stay ready to fight because that's just who they are. They, they're always in shape. And I know that because I climbed an unbelievable amount of muddy ledges and uh, straight up hills and bushwhacked through the jungle for hours and hours behind some very in-tone guys with strong, powerful leg muscles, powerful arms. These guys were really, really strong and built. And so they're always ready to go. And that's one lesson we can take from these headhunters is that kind of readiness, that kind of steadiness, that kind of warrior mentality that doesn't feel like it trains as something special, that the training to be a warrior is an always going thing. It's a way of being. It's not something that you become. It's something that you already are and that you stay in that kind of shape by just living a powerful and active life. So headhunting in this culture is considered very sacred. And what they do is, and, and be careful not to jump to conclusions, because they think that going and dropping bombs on people that not only kill the people but hurt the land for decades to come, maybe millennia to come, they think of that as extremely barbaric, where killing one person and doing what you do with the body, you know, that's not so barbaric to them. So it's, it's kind of all relative. They don't really hunt heads anymore. It's becoming further and further in their history, but uh, from time to time you do hear of a telling of it. So what they feel like, if you can get over that concept and kind of unwesternize your mind and, and let in some of these ideas, I think they can be helpful in your leadership. So they feel like every being has a certain energy called arutam. And it's, I love that word, arutam. It kind of sounds like what it is, an onomatopoeia, right? That there is this powerful energy that's of the earth, of the sky, of nature, of all living beings. And, and even of, uh, they'll even think of it like the Native Americans do, like the stone people, the river people. So there's this powerful anima in Western thinking. It's called anima. There's this arutam, there's this energy. And all the people know that it's important to keep your arutum lively and sparked up. It's that inner spark. And so the warriors feel that their job is to keep that at high momentum at all times. So when they are called into wars for the Ecuadorian government, they don't take weeks and weeks of training. They go into their own special troops with leaders who are in the army all the time. And when the warriors from the tribal areas come in, they're right up to speed within a day or so. They don't take weeks and weeks of training because, again, 
can, they maintain that always readiness in their consciousness and in their bodies. And their being always ready is about their arutum. It's about having this energy so sharp, so developed, so powerful, so on track, that it's just always ready to go and always ready to create around them, for them, for their people, for their families, for making a living, which has a very different connotation when there's no currency, which the tribe doesn't exchange money, but still they have this concept of arutum. And that is a currency all its own. And they believe that that's a stronger currency than any kind of trinkets or coins or whatever they could come up with. So in terms of shrinking heads, they feel like this is every being has a rutum, and that when there's an enemy who comes against you, that you want to make sure that this enemy is contained. And the way they contain the enemy after they kill them is they feel like this arutum or this spirit, this energy that's in the enemy, needs to be sewn inside the head. And so they sew together the lips, they sew together the eyes, they have a certain treatment they do in the back of the skull, and they sew that all together. And they do that in a way that's really tight because they want to make sure that this kind of avenging nature of their enemy is sewn inside. And once they have that sewn inside, they've captured the energy. Now they feel like they have some capital to work with. They have something that, uh, just a plain energy, think of energy just out there in the world, and if you can contain it in a certain uh, container, which they feel these these uh, either animal shrunken heads or in the past the human shrunken heads, that that's now energy they have to use, and that energy they use for blessing and uh, for empowering themselves to do other kinds of things. Now imagine in your world, if you could take one issue that really bugs you, one issue that you feel is sort of an enemy issue, one thing that is an ongoing problem and imagine that thing as energy. Look at all the energy it takes for you to manage that problem, all the energy there is in that problem that keeps coming at you. And if you could shrink that energy into one hot ball of energy, which issue would you choose to shrink up and just put into one hot ball of energy. And that's really what they're doing when they're headhunting. Whether they do it for a jaguar who's threatening the village, they'll go ahead and kill the jaguar and shrink the head because they figure that the jaguar is uh, has a lot of energy. That energy can be capitalized on if it's just focused for the good of the village. So that's what they do, they shrink the head, and then they use that as a way to bless or as a way to think about it. So making the translation into your world, think about what's the jaguar, what's biting at your butt, what kinds of problems are on your desk, what kinds of things are stealing your attention or threatening your profits or your well-being. And imagine that as just energy. 
They don't get mad at the jaguar. In fact, they feel like if the jaguar is starting to encroach on their territory, that it means the jaguar is out of balance because the jaguar knows instinctively, if it's healthy, that it doesn't mix well with humans. And so most jaguar don't come into the village, but if one keeps hanging around long enough, they figure that that jaguar is out of balance and they're freeing the soul by killing it. So it's not killing for the sake of killing an enemy. It's killing to free the soul, to get back in balance, and taking that energy that was out of balance and putting that into something that will be more positive, something that can be consciously redirected. So look at how is your energy being directed against what it is that you're working toward and how can you redirect that same energy into creating positive things, into creating productive things? And what you'll notice when you start to examine this is where your entropy is. Where are you losing energy? So the village says, look, we've got this jaguar around the edges here. We've got to spend extra time watching our kids, watching the crops, putting warriors on at night to watch the village in case it sneaks down in the night. So that's a lot of drain of energy. So in the problem that you've brought to mind right now, identify what is it costing you? Where is it costing employee hours or your hours to manage this energy that's really functioning more as an enemy to you? And look at what you can do to start to change your delegation of time and energy into those hours and then how can you harness what's going on there because most issues that come up are issues that enable us to grow and the question is how do you as a leader manage that issue can you pack up the energy of it, redirect it, and capitalize on it, or is it always going to be a drain? And if your answer is the second one, I suggest you get some help sooner than later because it doesn't need to be. So if you think about the jaguar's soul being freed, uh, and you think about the problem that you want to work on, that you want to keep your head around, that you don't want the distraction of the jaguars in your life, what can you think of doing that would change how you see what you see? How can you get perspective? Is there a mentor you can talk to? Can you have a team meeting? Can you do triage on this? That's what the village does. Hey, we all have a meeting. It's an emergency. We've got a Jaguar. Let's brainstorm. Let's figure out what we have to do. Can you have a triage meeting? Some places have them once a month, once a week, even every day. 15, 20 minutes, bring in everybody from the janitor to the top and ask them, where's your emergency? What triage needs to happen today? You'll be amazed at the miracles that come up. And so think about if you could shrink this issue into something that was really small and became a stepping stone for your own success because in dealing successfully with distractions, they usually end up empowering you in whole new ways. So what can you shrink and then what can you, how can you turn it around? In the schwa culture, they think of it as shape-shifting. So what they say is that the jaguar needed to shape-shift, that the energy will always be out there. It'll be in the form of a jaguar, in the form of a warrior, in the form of a parrot, in the form of a monkey. All these ideas, um, again, they go a little bit like the Hindu idea of reincarnation. And I'm not 
using these as examples for you to get spiritual or for you to believe in any kind of system here. I just want to pull some wisdom through that can be helpful today because this is certainly out of the box. It's not every day you get to learn lessons from the headhunters. But I do think that if you can make the translation, you'll be able to see some out-of-the-box solutions for yourself. So what needs to shape-shift? Where are people in your organization putting time and energy that could be recaptured for the sake of really fulfilling your mission? And we have to remember that the schwa always do this with deep, deep, profound respect. Respect for the enemy, respect for the jaguar, respect for whatever it is, because ultimately they're seeing it as life energy, as a rutum. And so that's the other half of this equation, not just looking at what kinds of distractions, where are the jaguars in your situation, but also looking at how do you spark up that arutum? How do you get yourself some reserves of that so that you have all that you need to do the leading that you need to do? So not only what can you shrink, but what can you grow? What charges you? What kinds of sparks would you like to see fly? Because when you invest your time and your energy into juicing up the spark of leaderfulness that's inside of you, you're going to be able to keep your head better. When you're able to pull out and say, okay, that's energy, it's, it's not going in the direction I want it to go at this moment, but I can harness it, I can then more consciously unleash it where I want it to be, and that way I can capitalize on this energy rather than have this energy leaking out all the time, causing entropy, which means wasted time, wasted energy, and wasted resources. So, again, it's not just identifying the problems. It's also identifying where you connect with this kind of energy. It may be closing your door, closing your eyes, listening to something for two minutes, just listening to your own breathing for two minutes or ten minutes if you can do it. It could mean taking a walk. It may mean on your off hours taking some good walks in nature, playing an instrument, painting, clay, dance, movement, whatever that is for you, laughing with your children, but doing that in a way that's totally free, that really recharges you. Kids do recharge us, and at the same time, they are a lot of responsibility, so that's a double-edged sword. You want to make sure you have the freedom and that you're in a situation that's truly, truly charging you, that's truly capitalizing on this arutum, because there is a special energy that makes us us. You can think of it in terms of carrots. So if you have carrots, uh, if we, we know all the ingredients in a carrot, but we don't know how to make a carrot. We can put all those ingredients in a lab dish, but there's something missing. And that's what the schwa identify as a rutum. And so that element that makes you you, that makes me me, that makes a carrot a carrot, that makes your enemy or your craziest employee who they are and makes your brightest employee who they are, that 
particular spark of humanity, of divinity, of life force, of arutum, whatever you want to call it, and it is really a great mystery of life, but it is the stuff that gives you the power of a metaphysician, and that's what the headhunters, the shamans who do the shrinking and the the power making around this this um, whatever they shrink the jaguar's head or whatever, that person is the in charge of capitalizing on the arutum, and so my question to you is. How do you raise it up in your life? What jazzes you? What juices you? How do you grow as a leader? What kinds of reading or situations or uh, conferences, mentors, coaches, who can you get with that will charge this up? I encourage you to look into my leadership salons coming up this fall. Whatever it takes, make a commitment to jazz up juice up, charge up your arutum, make a commitment to look at your jaguars, who is threatening your organization, and look at how do you objectively take on, fiercely but objectively take on that energy, transform, shape shift that energy, into something that will actually drive your organization toward mission fulfillment and then how do you apply that in a way that you move on and are ready for the next challenge ready for the next win with yourself more empowered and the people around you more empowered how do you what can you change even decoration wise or where desks are what can you change in your environment that will strengthen this idea of charge and, and that extra spark that makes people people. And if you can do that, if you can figure out how to capitalize on that spark, how to harness it, and exactly how to unleash it the way you want to unleash it, the world is yours. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Profiting on Principles. I'm Dr. Joni Carley from LeaderfulEdge.com. Please stop by the website and get a complimentary, in-depth leadership self-evaluation. Well worth taking to get a good snapshot of your own leadership. That's at LeaderfulEdge.com and fill in the box for the downloads.